So, so right before we started recording, we were talking about doctors and somebody being a cool uncle or a bad uncle, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And uh, Hakim and JT both said how it's very important for a kid to not be afraid of doctors or dentists. And I'm really not afraid of doctors, mm. but for some reason, I, I don't even have a fear of dentists. But I'm just too lazy to go to a dentist. I've had a hole a literal crater in one of my teeth for the <laughs> last 12 months, I'm pretty sure. It was all covered. <laughs> a dentist like fixed the tooth. And uh, after three, four years, the, the plumbing or whatever you call it, it popped out. And for like a year, everybody's telling me, go to the dentist. But I am, yeah. I am that stereotype of a person who will wait until it starts to hurt. And that is when I'm going to fucking go. <laughs> I refuse to go before then. First, I'm afraid of how much it is, it's going to cost, even though now I am fully in church, so I should be fine. And number two, uh, that, that driller, like I'm going to have to get drilled. I'm not afraid of pain. I even like pain, baby. You both know that. But the driller that fucking vibrates your whole fucking jaw, like zzz, I oh, oh my, that's so bad. Oh, oh. Have you, the longer you wait, the more expensive it will be. Please go get it fixed. <laughs> but but if it was if it was a crown that like was dislodged, then uh, if my memory serves me right, you, you can just get it filled again. You don't need to get uh, a new excavation <laughs> in the tooth. So your uh, your worries are uh, misplaced. Don't worry. Oh, that's nice. Go please, go, please go. Yeah, because if if you don't get it if you don't get it fixed, then you can get a bad infection in the area. It can spread to your jaw. It can fuck you up. Don't do that. You're, yeah. you're setting yourself for a very yeah, bad my, time. Yeah, my jaw is what <laughs> I'm making and what uh, what uh, puts yeah. bread on the table. So yes, I should definitely be careful yeah, with my yeah. mouth. Imagine <laughs> if I came yeah. and like got a lisp. I'm not making fun of people who have lisps, but it would be I would not be able to play the Eastern European stereotype guy with a lisp. That's fucking for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Yeah, yeah, I don't trust oh, the uh, the teeth people. Like uh, when I was uh -huh. when I was a kid and I got braces, I, I was telling them this, this kind of hurts as they were putting on. It's like, oh yeah, it's gonna hurt. And then sure enough, later, like one of my teeth just turns black. Oh like, my they god! They killed Ooh. the the nerve in my tooth, hmm. and so, of course, I it, like had to be. Uh, I forget what the procedure was called. They like drained it and then they filled it with like a. Not at like a dye, but the tooth looks normal mm. now, and it's. Mm. But that tooth is dead. Like I can tap it, and I don't feel anything. Um. So yeah, I don't. I don't trust those those teeth people. They're <laughs> uh, they're scary. <laughs> yeah. But isn't there like an internal fight between dentists and doctors? I saw a TikTok recently. Nah. One guy like is hugging his uh, dad, and he's like, "My dad is a surgeon, and he has four kids, and all of them are doctors." And he turns around to him <laughs> and says, "No, three are doctors." And the kid loses his mind. No, but dentists are doctors too. <laughs> <laughs> like there's there's a meme aspect to that, yes, but no, no, there's a lot of respect between doctors and dentists. Um, we have a mutual respect they have they can take care of the fucking mouth i'm not gonna be sticking i'd rather finger old men than stick my fingers in people's mouths i'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> which is what i do which is basically my job description i understand you completely which is, I, i'm yeah. like that with hr because marketing and hr you know that uh, meme where they shake hands so marketing and then shaking hand emoji hr in both knowing that there's absolutely no necessity for their job but they're not <laughs> fucking, uh, snitching on each other so they get the fucking paycheck, you know? <laughs>
But I had another patient today. It was a young kid, and I had to um, uh, do some blood tests on him. He was like six years old or something, and he heard blood tests, and he's like, "No, I don't want to take the blood test." No, <laughs> and I was like, "Fuck, just shut up." There's another reason I didn't want to be a pediatrician because I can't fucking stand kids uh, in medical <laughs> settings. When they're when they're chill and they're quiet, I, they're cute. That's lovely. But whenever they're not feeling well, it's not you know unless they're lethargic, like they're not making noise, yeah. then they're also cute. Uh, <laughs> that's so fucked up to say. <laughs> when the kids almost dying, they're also cute. Um, <laughs> But yeah, whenever it's like that in-between zone, the negative Goldilocks, where there's not <laughs> enough wrong with them that they they have to just sit there and be quiet, but there's enough wrong with them that I still have to look at them and they have energy enough to complain, that is the yeah. worst fucking thing. Um, so yeah, anyways, the kid was just basically crying and screaming because he had to do a bunch of blood tests, but he was very brave at the end. He, he did it, he got a little toy, and he was happy. So. Is there, like a, is there yeah. like a thing with uh, very, very, very religious uh, people, and for example, their daughters, and them being treated by a male yeah. doctor? Is that a thing? Uh, it depends, uh, yes, but it depends on what's being treated. If it's just anything like normal, then yes. But if it's like a gynecological, uh, mm-hmm. you know, examination, yeah, usually they'll want a female uh, physician. But that goes for most places, uh, including mm-hmm. even in the West. Um, there are lots yeah. of women who prefer uh, female, and there's also paradoxically lots of women who prefer only male yeah. uh, gynecologists because um, there's some. Uh, at least this is what I've heard from some some uh, people that uh, women because they have. The, the the kits they have everything right uh, the, the anatomical uh, necessities um, so they I guess take it less serious or they're like oh I have periods and I have period pains and I've given birth as well so I I've went through all this and I know how bad it can be so they're usually more uh, rough uh, hmm. with women rather than men who would sometimes be a bit more delicate I, this is only anecdotal so hey women listening to this let us know uh, quote tweet us on <laughs> on twitter yeah, absolutely. but yeah this is just something anecdotal uh, but speaking of holes um, speaking yeah. of holes so uh, tell me if this is not a genuine psychological or like physiological uh, or hormonal I don't even fucking know process so as you know I've been to Gabagul country I've been to Sicilia mm-hmm. uh, for uh, half a week or a bit more it was absolutely lovely etc etc I'll talk about it in some other episode uh but uh those people really shit on the street everywhere okay sorry uh but uh speaking of <laughs> shit um don't you have that moment where you feel like you need to take a poop uh, but uh, when you're far away from home you can hold it in but the closer you're getting to your apartment or your house the more the shit fucking wants to leave your body i <laughs> entered the airport in italy and i felt like i need to go to the toilet but cuz i was so far away absolutely no problem got in a plane uh, didn't even go in the plane cuz i fell asleep immediately get i get out of the plane in my home country enter the taxi and i feel as i am progressing closer and closer to my apartment my sphincter is getting mm. happier and happier is there something that they fucking taught you in in medical school or advanced uh, yeah. uni- American universities, JT? About but no, but it's a thing. Like it is a thing. Like do we smell being yeah. close to home? We're just what used to shitting surely there. I'm in a cab. Surely it's just time passing. Like surely if you you know you're traveling home, you start to <sighs> feel it. A, like a while beforehand and then several hours later yeah obviously you need to go more it's it's not only this you're completely right uh, but uh, to, to satiate your curiosity you go there is actually something there's something called the gastroileal reflex or ileocecal reflex depending Aha, um, and that's, you see JT if ah, you, if fuck you, you. Ah, if it's you, a thing <laughs> that's why I was a journalism major and not a doctor <laughs> <laughs> if, if you drank or ate something 
uh, whenever you eat or drink something, basically, uh, there's a very complex uh, a nervous, um, uh, let's say, connection that tells your body, hey, this person ate, there's something in the stomach, let's move peristalsis, let's squeeze those muscles in the, in the, in the gut and move, uh, you know, the food that's being digested along. Right. Mm-hmm. So every time you eat something, it moves along. And if you're already close to, to, to needing to basically poop, if you eat something, then it's going to make that urge way worse. That's why, for example, in the morning you get up and there's nothing. You, you don't feel like you need the bathroom. And then you eat something or drink something and yeah. all of a sudden it comes. Right. But, uh, but what does that have to do with getting closer to the apartment? Or to the place, the, the usual to the apartment place thing is probably at. psychosomatic. Yeah, psychosomatic. <laughs> yeah, 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 right. psychosomatic. Yeah. No, but it's psychosomatic. The, it's not just all, time, motherfucker. Yeah. First debate on but the podcast. Also, you know, <laughs> the, the, no, no, but the, there's also there's also uh, research on comfort and uh, and uh, incontinence. Huh. So don't worry. The, there's a, there's definitely a connection there. The more comfortable you are in a place, then uh, yeah, like I'm, I'm sure you have the concept of shy bladders. Is that a thing? Yeah, in, yeah, in, in, yeah. yeah. Yeah, for example, um, sometimes there are people who go to a bathroom, and if there's anybody else in the bathroom, like in a public bathroom, they won't be able to pee or, or uh, poop. Um, and it's kind of also links to comfort in, in a way there. So, uh, yes, all this has medical backing. Don't worry. Scientific. <laughs> this is the hard-hitting content people subscribe for. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody, to the deprogram. Today, we're going to be talking about deprogramming your boomer grandparents or other boomer relatives. Usually, being a boomer isn't tied to age, in my experience. You can meet some 20-year-olds that are fucking boomers. <laughs> Massive um, ones, probably. At first, we were talking amongst ourselves about how do, how do we want to approach this? Do we want to have this as a video that you kind of forward to your granddad? Or should this be something that you learn from and then talk to, to, to your granddad about? But Yugopting made a very good point that... Uh, uh, said grandfather will have to listen to us talking about shitting and fucking stones in people's mouths and whatever, <laughs> whatever else JT cuts out uh, before he gets to the meat of the episode. So that makes no sense. And also, uh, equally, I won't be able to hold off on the swearing. Um, so the uh, yeah, I don't know how conducive old uh, American boomers are to, to, to hearing the word cunt, but I use the word <laughs> cunt a lot. So. Speaking of which, boomers call <laughs> that, that us all help. sensitive as hell, and yet they're the generation... Yeah. Uh, generations, uh, because boomer is an umbrella term at this point, I believe, uh, that were like the most afraid of any sort of curse word. You know, God will smite you the mm-hmm. second uh, you call a cat a pussy. You know, do you know something? Do you know something? I remember uh, there was uh, an American in around these parts, and I was I happened to be speaking with them. Uh, <laughs> there were and, many. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, sadly. Um, anyways, uh, <laughs> and, and I was I was speaking. I was going to make a dead soldiers joke, but I think it. <laughs> <laughs> soldier jokes. Um, oh. I was gonna say uh, I, I was I was speaking to them in English, and I, as I do, I curse. Um, and the first, I, I didn't even say a bad curse. I think I said shit, which I I think is on the lower end of severity. And they looked at me all weird, and they're like, "You said a cuss," and I was like, "Motherfucker, <laughs> you're in my country." <laughs> what? <the fuck>? <laughs> <laughs> what? Okay, fine, whatever. Fucking uh, fucking so soldier, I guess people... so soldier runs into a house. <laughs> mows down a family and as the father is falling on the ground he says fuck and immediately the soldier is like we must uh, burn this house to the ground there are godless creatures here he goes back he goes back to the US with PTSD because somebody said fuck (laughs) (laughs) oh fucking hell anyways back back on track back on track um so uh, today we're going to be talking about uh, deprogramming your your boomer grandparents. Now, what what is the characteristic of the boomer? Usually, it's being conservative. Now, um, 
just to get it out of the way, what, what is being conservative? Because not everything conservative is bad and not everything quote-unquote progressive is good, right? Uh, a hallmark of quote-unquote conservative, conservative values is having a large, tightly-knit family, you know, not so not having families be so atomized. That's not necessarily a bad thing. Furthermore, a quote-unquote progressive, um, what's it called, uh, value is uh, throwing everybody into the workplace, uh, man, woman, and child, and basically being like, hey, you know, your career is more important than every single aspect of your life, including your mental health, your family, your own fertility, both male and female, your youth. You whatever, don't even let right? us take a um, shit anymore. I mean, even your physiological yeah, exactly. needs. Uh, it reminds me of uh, I saw this thing on on Reddit the other day, which was a uh, an Amazon uh, thing, like a contest, if you can say it, uh, for, for the workers, which was, uh, oh, uh, thank you for coming in on Easter uh, Sunday. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, and as a reward, like, if you if you are productive beyond a certain threshold, then you'll be entered into a raffle to buy, like, a like a mini pack of, of sweets, of candy or something, and a bottle of water. <laughs> so you're coming in on an off day. Uh, Easter Sunday is an off day in, in the U.S., right? I yeah, mean, it's a holiday, yeah. Of course yeah. It is. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> and, and you, you stand. You don't. It's not a guarantee that you're gonna get the candy. It's just that <laughs> hey, you might. You, you stand a chance. <laughs> Reminds me of that guy where it's like some some old guy that entered a raffle uh, in his job and he won a free cremation. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's the most late stage capitalism fucking thing. Oh fuck. But yeah, that actually circles nicely into the boomers. Um, the free cremation part because they're all about to die. Um, the <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Basically, what I'm saying is, just because they're conservative doesn't mean that what they're, the, the beliefs they hold are bad. Some of them definitely are, but not all of them. Now, what makes a, a person conservative? Because there's some things that are, quote-unquote, I guess, generally painted as being conservative. Let's say being religious, or, or like I mentioned before, having large families. Um, and other things that make less sense, like being fiscally responsi- responsible, which mm. is just code for, I don't like poor people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, know, I don't know. Like what? Actually, JT, could you walk us through? What the fuck does being fiscally responsible mean? What, what is the oh, intention sure. there? Yeah, so the <laughs> idea is like, look, you could afford a home or an apartment or a car or whatever, as long as you just don't spend money on the new fancy <laughs> internet phones and, and uh, uh, avocado toast. Avocado toast. <laughs> and, and avocado vibrators. Toast. My wife laughed yeah. me since they got yeah. a vibrator. I don't know what it is, but it fucking sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that act. I don't know what that accent is, but I love it. I think um, I should be offended. As that, I think that was a southern accent. <laughs> You're allowed to do it's one okay. Eastern it's European okay. one, so it's okay. <laughs> hey, all right, I'll take it. <laughs> but anyways, so yeah, the, the the general idea of being conservative is uh, the concept of, for example, yeah, family, religion, being responsible in your own life, not having um, the state take care of you, despite the fact that what you know you have to kind of flesh out what is wrong with with the idea of a state taking care of you my freedom being taken away mm. which is also a a strange thing because under capitalism both conservative or liberal whatever flavor you have you basically have no freedom um to property to work to your own free time to even see your family uh, most of the time right sorry I, I go on so many tangents but it's just things that i realize <laughs> about american society that's so fucking alien to me yeah. i remember i saw this thing which was like a um some guy and he needed to ask for like leave for for two days because he was going to get cancer surgery oh, yeah. <laughs> like he's gonna have his cancer removed and the the i don't know if it's hr or his boss or whatever they denied it or they was just like yeah like go but we can't guarantee that you're gonna get your hours in or what the <laughs> fuck <laughs> i'm just like yeah this is this is uh like, it would be nice if there was a state that can guarantee you can have two days off to get surgery, right? That, that's <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> some uh, so sort of flaw there. 
but yeah, they, they have like a like a disclaimer in the contract. Like two days after this guy went and got the surgery and got the tumor and the cancer out, uh, he comes back to work and they can't fire him because man, he just went and got a surgery. It would be really fucked up. But they remember that that three gram tumor exiting his body means this is not the same legal person. And therefore, uh-huh. he is oh, no yes. longer employed. <laughs> they don't even have to inform him because Tom with the tumor is the one who got the job. Tom without the tumor is not the same thing. So it would genuinely not even <laughs> fucking surprise me at this point. Like, yeah, it's, honestly, it's yeah. The little caveats and little uh, side mm. streets that they take. It's. Uh, I, I would be completely unsurprised. But my point with, with the, this little, uh, I mean, many tangents more than the actual main point is um, whenever we talk about what being conservative or progressive or liberal or whatever else, these are mostly just distractions from class realities, right? If you're liberal or conservative, doesn't change the fact that you're a working class person with the same interest. Doesn't mean if you uh, you like the gays or not, which is, by the way, kind of problematic in its own right. Um, but these are conversations that can be had, right? These people shouldn't just be excommunicated. Um, yeah. Uh, otherwise, like I mentioned, um, tradition and country and family, these are also tools used for convenience um, by, by the ruling class, right? A conservative would be like, but I love my country. I don't want X, Y, or Z person to come in and, you know, these fucking Haitians coming to the border and, I don't know, mm-hmm. doing the aforementioned, sleeping with the wife and corrupting young Billy and all that kind of stuff. Um, the ruling class uses this to their own advantage because when they need to, they're hyper-patriotic. Oh, no, we don't want those immigrants coming in. Um, but on other times, they're like, hey, cheap labor, we want immigrants to come in. On sometimes they're like, hey, we should go to war with that country. On other times, like, hey, we should export all our jobs and, and build uh, our factories in that country because uh, the wages will be way cheaper. So fuck American workers. Mm. Um, the wealthy of another country can come in willy-nilly into, into the United States, for example. But uh, if you're, like, again, mentioned in a previous episode, a Guatemalan refugee or whatever else, they won't allow you to come in because, oh, they're poor. This idea of, of, of uh, being conservative and progressive, just TLDR, class realities matter more. So your class interests are, are the actual um, moving factor here. All right. And with all that said, um, the intention with what we're doing with this episode is that we're trying, we would like to educate you guys um, in, in the general ideas that older or more conservative people hold um, and try to rework those towards serving um, leftist views or leftist aims um, by basically realigning their perspective. And we're going to give a few examples and we're going to work through them. And the hope is that you can take what you learn here today and then go talk to said boomer granddad and then he's going to turn into a based boomer granddad um, <laughs> who will tell you to to, to shoot your uh, landlord or something. Um, <laughs> uh, anyways, uh, I guess we can we can begin with a few examples. Uh, the the simplest one, which is the one that we usually hear as a as a um, uh, criticism of socialism, uh, is that oh hard work, uh, you need to pull yourself up by the bootstraps. It will lead you to you know better life. You don't deserve any handouts. The, the government shouldn't be you know up my ass about fucking mm-hmm. right. Who why does the government care where I stick my dick? Which is <laughs> weird because at the same time when they some slightly homophobic. Um, conservative people all of a sudden really care what the government yeah. uh, decide what, what the government thinks about where you stick your dick um uh, but yeah so that is a point do you guys want to want to touch on the hard work leads to better life and no handouts conservative point sure the notion that hard work leads to a better life is super super common here in the united states mm-hmm. because that is you know that's the essence of the american dream you know if you work hard you can achieve whatever you want you can get the the suburban house with the white picket fence, two and a half kids, and a dog, and you can grill every day. Um, <laughs> and that is 
no longer the case, and most people, you know, under a certain age understand that, because, you know, the things that our older friends and family members were able to achieve and work for are really not on the table anymore. So, uh, like my dad, for example, I mean, hard worker and a very principled guy, um, but he was able to, you know, land an entry-level job at a pharmaceutical company with a smile and a handshake, and that was about it. And now, you know, people like us, you couldn't get that job because it requires, you know, 13 master's degrees, and it starts as an unpaid internship and all this stuff. It's just you have to be both underqualified and overqualified at the same time, and the, the conditions are just so absurd. But also, like the things that they took for granted, like a pension and a company car and an expense account if they were in sales, um, and their gas being covered, and uh, vacation time, and health care, and benefits, and all these things have slowly been stripped away since, you know, at the at the very least the 1980s, as more corners are being cut to, to maximize profits. And those things are unjustifiable expenses to the people who run the books at those big corporations, and even small ones these days. So, yeah, you can work hard and you can, you know, make a living and get by and stuff, but the days of being able to you know, pay for school, your own school, and uh, have a, a, a wife that stays at home and cooks you meals and stuff, and then pay for little Jimmy and Susie's schools and cars for everybody. Yeah, those days are gone. It's just, it's not possible anymore. Like, objectively, back in, you know, the 60s, I think it was, school was pretty much, college was pretty much free for, for Americans, which is absurd to think about today. Those same people claiming that, uh, oh, you guys have it so easy, stop complaining, when they had the very thing that we are asking mm. for again. It's like, we just want the things that you took for granted. So it's very, mm. I think it's just mostly a lack of education there, but it is frustrating yeah. to hear these things from them. And a good idea also is <clears throat> not to frame this, uh, I'm not saying that GT is doing this, but uh, it's better always not to frame this as a um, like a, a conflict or, or, or to mm. be aggressive about it, mm-hmm. but instead to go about it like, hey, our country had these things to provide its people, and now these things are gone to satisfy corporate greed. Um, we just want to return to that level of prosperity that the US or whatever other country had instead of, for example, we're just using the United States as an example yeah. here. Um, that that's a like more productive way of going about it, but it's it is very true. But very often, um, of course. But very often, to that, the response would be that it actually is a generational thing, and that those corporations also existed back when they they were younger, but they were more assertive at work, so they got that company car. They were uh, more uh, aggressive with their employer, so they got uh, through that interview or got that promotion quicker, et cetera, et cetera. But uh, so so whenever this is thrown at you as a counter-argument, which it will be at 85% of the time, uh, a simple counter counter to that is that uh, millennials specifically and, and Gen Xers and probably Gen Zers who just don't have enough data are uh, per capita the most productive generation that has existed since we've been able to record just mm. how productive one is. But be careful with the educated one, especially depending on what type of grandparent you're you're talking to or like older person or parent or whatever, because if they're not, uh, if they don't have a college degree that might like red flag them and say that uh, now everybody has a college degree, that's why you all fucking expect uh, handouts and stuff. Nobody wants to work, uh, you know, blue collar jobs, et cetera, et cetera. But if they do have a degree, then it, it 
uh, it will definitely work on them to also manage man, mention the fact that they're uh, the most educated and just showing them that no matter how for example you might be assertive in all of those uh, stupid terms that you li- listen to uh, in HR class in uh, business university <laughs> uh, no matter how much you try all of that the median salary still has not moved so while prices have so even if you get promotions quicker than uh, the speed at which your uh, your dad did uh, you will still on average be able to buy a lot less shit with that now increased income so whatever side they they try to attack this argument that uh, JT very beautifully put out uh, there is a way to counteract it. Just don't uh, don't play on their insecurities as always, mm. because for generations that make fun of us for being soft, Jesus Christ, they're like mm. jellyfish. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. And something also to add that on, on what you Gopnik said is very interesting is if if they tell you like, hey, yeah, you should get a like, oh, you know, get a blue collar job, especially those who who don't have, for example, university education. Um, that's all well and good, but where are the blue-collar jobs? That's a, a good conversation to enter into. Um, the vast mm-hmm. majority of blue-collar jobs, steel and coal and uh, car manufacturing and stuff like that, these are gone for the most part. Uh, the, US, the U.S. economy has fundamentally shifted in, in focus since the 50s and 60s. Um, and then you can enter into uh, a discussion onto why that is. Why is it that we're going more towards service sectors despite the fact that we're still the wealthiest country on Earth? We have everything we need to produce stuff, but instead it's being produced in Indonesia and Thailand and China and India and Brazil. Um, And you can have a a deeper conversation about the intricacies of capitalism, of unequal exchange, of value transference, things like that. Um, And you can kind of cultivate a a, a, a perspective on workers' interests, on common worker interests, even between him as an American worker, between a Thai worker and a Brazilian worker or or wherever else. Um, That's number one. Number two, a good conversation, depending on the person, is also you can discuss the fact, like actual statistics, but don't overwhelm them with it. Um, Of course, inflation has uh, skyrocketed in the United States. That's something that's different from when he was uh, a young man or a young woman. She was a young woman. Um, The, uh, the, um, what's it called? Um, Purchasing power of the of a single U.S. dollar um, has greatly shifted, right? Um, you very obvious, you very commonly see, for example, like oh, I made like three dollars an hour when I was your age, but three dollars an hour when they were your age was now like eighteen dollars or something, like some insane amount of money um, compared to the what is the minimum wage in the U.S. now? Like seven dollars? Seven twenty-five hasn't budged in yeah, over a decade. Fucking hell, right? Uh, but no, no. Now they're not, just now they're beginning to talk about a fifteen dollar uh, <laughs> uh, minimum wage, which is basically with inflation around seven dollars and, <laughs> and twenty five cents or whatever. <laughs> like, yeah, don't you love how the, how the capitalist class fucks us? Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's number one. And number two, the other aspect of this 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 uh, conversation, this argument you hear a lot is, oh, but the poor, the poor people, or you young people, or whatever else, you just want handouts. Um, and a good way of approaching this is also to to kind of note that the people who receive the most handouts in society are the capitalist class. The people who won the most after the 2008 recession was the capitalist class and those same banks that fucking caused the entire mess. And from COVID as well. In the first place. From COVID as well. Yeah. Something yeah. more COVID, they, yeah. they skyrocketed. Yeah. Yeah, the richest, what was it, the richest uh, 100 people have grown $3.7 trillion in wealth or something like that. It's yeah, an insane exactly. amount. Yeah. yeah. Meanwhile, the, the lowest, what was it, the lowest, like 50% 
uh, has lost uh, something to the tune of three point five trillion dollars. I wonder where this all this money <laughs> yeah. was transferred. Mm, it's probably just really, a coincidence. <laughs> really, uh, quite a quite a fucking chin scratcher. So yeah, the, the, just generally the point of, of uh, for example, like Amazon gets your tax money paid to it. Same with the fucking Tesla and shit like that. When was the last time you got a a, a tax? Re- is it called a rebate? Is, is mm-hmm. that the English term? Yeah. Yeah. When was the last time you, as an uh, just a, a regular guy, where it, you know the government just stepped in and was like, you know what? Uh, we've <laughs> you've paid enough in rent this year. The government will cover your rent for the the, the, the rest of the, <laughs> the other half of the year, right? And by the way, that would cost less for the government to do um, or provide you healthcare or whatever else than it does to fucking give thirty billion dollars uh, in, in in handouts to to Bezos. And what I Musk, love. I love right? doing this. I fucking love doing it when I'm sitting down and like we're watching TV with my with my grandpa, and I'm like, man. All of these fucking parasites living off of fucking handouts. And he's like, yeah, grandson, yeah. Like fucking Bezos and fucking Musk. You know how much of my tax money goes to that motherfucker. And immediately he was like, oh, what are you talking about? But then, you know, you enter the conversation. and you, But you intrigued him with, uh, ha, I am proud. He is also a KKK member. But then you, you know, yeah. slow, <laughs> slow him down and shit. Uh, but like almost every argument that uh, that funnily enough uh, conservative politicians try to teach their followers as arguments that they should use against uh, the libs and the evil gummies uh, ends up uh, like after being cleaned up after being deconstructed proper, pr- properly ends up being uh, a socialist argument that was kind of. Uh, turned to be more reactionary instead of concentrating on class. We've talked about this plenty of times before. They take they take a real class issue, but then they change the class with race or uh, gender or nationality and they spin it as their own thing. Like they are so pathetic, they don't they don't they don't even like the grind for them isn't even what it used to be where they were like much more uh interesting, you know, you will go to hell shit like that. That was that was when they were honest. This law cannot be changed because it says so in the Bible. Now it's all just fucking rehashes of uh, don't kill the baby in your stomach or shit like that. <laughs> mm. All right, yeah. Another relevant kind of related example before we jump into something a bit less related is um, uh, the idea that, of course, hard work means great reward. Um, oh, you just didn't work hard enough or you're not working hard enough. That's why you're not getting that promotion or you're still making only fucking, I don't know, $40,000 a year, um, which we discussed this earlier in in, in, uh, in earlier episodes, but just to run through them very quickly again, um, there is no correlation between how hard you work for the most part and how much you're getting paid. Uh, you get paid on contract work for the most part. Um, there are people in your office who work harder than you, uh, who make less than you, and there are people in your office who work way less than you, usually related to the owner, uh, who make way more than you. So uh, in the reality of capitalism is more uh, preferential treatment and nepotism than uh, hard work. That's not to say that there aren't uh, certain fields where you could work a lot harder and then you get paid more, but there is a cap to this. Um, you Nobody became Jeff Bezos through hard work. Uh, you become Jeff Bezos through basically generational wealth and a, m- quite a few uh, lucky breaks um, and all the connections of your business uh, parents and the you know their three hundred thousand dollar loan to start your business and whatnot. Right? Um, you can live a very comfortable life by working very hard and then making enough money for yourself, but there's no way you're going to end up being you know fucking Rockefeller. That's that's the point that I'm trying to make. Do you, yeah. do you guys have anything to add on that? No, I don't think so. I mean, like if you just it's 
an effective way to, to kind of push back on that a little bit is to, to bring up people like Bezos and Musk and all the, all the rest, um, Bill Gates, and show that, look, they didn't, these people, they like to say they're rags to riches stories, but they're not. Like they, each of mm. these people had uh, a tremendous leg up over the competition. <laughs> riches <enormous>. to riches. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, riches to riches. Hey, that's it. I mean, we started in a garage. Yeah, you started in a garage with like a pile of money. It's, it's not mm. the same as, as, you know, just the average person going out with an idea and, and working their ass off to do something. So it's it's just a little bit dishonest, and if you push back on it with their actual story, you might get through to them a little bit because it's not so hard to to sway these people on. Uh, if you use terms like elite and stuff like that, they'll probably <laughs> agree with you. Uh, JT, please, all right. I spent uh, I was couch surfing, or I, I was sleeping on couches <laughs> in in my billionaire friends' mansions. All right, there was, <laughs> it is a rags to riches. I'm sorry, I'm just I'm just fucking stupid. But yeah, so that's just a, like a point to nip in the bud because it's kind of related. Um, I think a, a, another point that we hear a lot, um, which is uh, kind of silly but also needs a little pushback, is oh, you know, these educated liberals, liberals, <laughs> they don't get us, they don't get to tell us what to believe. They they're coming here on CNN and is, is CNBC, CNBC, CBNC, MSNBC is, is this the other one? Oh, okay, <laughs> is it also a outlet? Yes. Oh yeah. BJ six nine six nine exhibit BBC uh, BBC is com very good uh, did, did news you, sites. Did you hear the super Iraqi fucking way I said BBC? Fuck me, I said BBC. <laughs> BBC. <laughs> BBC. <laughs> it's, it's like how Iraqis say Pepsi. We're like Bibsy. <laughs> oh man, I just, I just saw. Fuck me. This morning I saw this video. It's a very old meme, but uh, it was. I just so happened to see it again. It was um, a female reporter, and she was reporting on something like the passing of some American police officer, and oh fucking good riddance. And but she couldn't say her name, so it's like, oh, and we're gonna say our, our, our give our respects to Dee Dee McDoodoo, McDoodoo, and then she's like, oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Make a doo doo. That's so fun. Uh, uh, we're children, I swear. Uh, <laughs> but yeah. Um, fuck. But, anyways, <laughs> the point being is like, oh, these fucking liberals, um, they can't tell us what to believe. Uh, do, do you guys have anything to say about all this fear of, of what could be perceived to be intelligentsia, uh, either from the academy or from what is perceived to be intelligentsia within, within media and whatnot? Um,. I mean, liberals are very condescending, so I can see yes. where a lot of conservatives are coming from when they watch Fox News and they'll see these clips um, out of context. I mean, even in context, they're annoying. But it's, yeah, liberals think they have the moral high ground most of the time, and so they'll kind of proselytize to you and, and yeah. you know, they'll say some very cruel things about the average conservative, like, oh, it's a red state, they should all die anyway. It's like, ah, jeez. Yeah. Um, but it's not like they have liberals have a monopoly on these like telling people what to think i mean there are plenty of conservative news outlets too yeah there's ben shapiro he's tremendously popular fox news is the most watched news network so it's not like they're there's they're lopsided here i mean they're both doing it they're both playing that game i think the uh, the conservative outlets, especially Fox News, are playing it better in that they're convincing people that the liberals are playing it better, which is very interesting. Mm. Um, yeah. But yeah, that's it's not really something that that has much that carries much weight, I would say. 
Yeah, there's. I think. Uh, I, I, sorry, I, I would say there's like these two aspects: the liberal one, and uh, the way uh, capitalism creates um, constantly creates new in groups which uh, need to fight each other in order to avoid uh, looking at things from the class basis. So the second one, uh, as society progresses, uh, at least socially, and as certain things become taboo, uh, reactionary forces and groups need to unite people against a new category which uh, they can no because they can no longer organize them for example on the basis of race or uh, sexuality and so on so this new kind of internal division of these new social classes has kind of uh, been brought up where the uh, educated and uneducated see each other as uh, sort of two opposing forces uh, fighting for the progress of their country, etc., etc., which kind of creates uh, a blurred tunnel vision that doesn't allow you to concentrate on actual class problems and leads to this fighting of conservatives and liberals over uh, usually relatively fictional things. And the first one, which is liberal elitism, which has all, always kind of existed in which in their absolute refusal to look the, the system in the eye and do like proper what we fucking talk about here all the time on material analysis, they need to, uh, they uh, kind of other... Uh, the only last group that it's kind of okay to other as a liberal. So a liberal can't say uh, what we talked about previously, like all oh, these leeches living off of uh, uh, social welfare, because that's identifiable with conservatives. But what he can absolutely say is those fucking uh, bigoted rednecks down in the South. Uh, and then mm. that is said, and then the other side hears it, and you have a continuous sort of uh, spiraling out of control, which uh, keeps the status quo uh, in the place in which it is. And those both are very, very important because they don't only blur the liberals from potentially becoming leftists, but also, I would say, even to a greater extent, uh, lead uh, older people who are usually more conservative in thinking that yo this dude with a liberal arts degree is a much uh, bigger problem for my country than uh, uh, the system itself. You know. And something also very important to add on on to that as well is when they when they talk about liberals, uh, a good thing to remind them is that hey, we're we don't like liberals either. Yeah, we yeah. actually. <laughs> <laughs> I, I dare say my distaste for liberals is much deeper than the than the boomer grandparent. Yeah. Um, and the way you can and and this is also is like um, a fertile uh, field for for uh, cultivating a, 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 a basically an approach or understanding. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> okay. Uh-huh. Yes. You go. You go, Nick. You do be looking uh, submissive and breedable. So. <laughs> <laughs> Baby boy. Uh, um, that's what uh, <laughs> you would wish for. <laughs> <laughs> I will. I will so saw those deserts with beautiful Eastern European grain. <laughs> yes, yes, please. Mm. But anyways, <laughs> my point being, um, the uh, it, it's actually um, what you can do is you can show them that hey, 
I, those liberals on CNN fucking suck, and I don't like them either. But hey, you know the people you're listening to as well, they're liberals as well, just mm. in a different mm-hmm. way. Exactly. And then you can show them that the fundamental failing is within liberalism itself. And maybe there is a second way, which is which is uh, communism, but socialism, basically. <laughs> what Hakim said is super important because a lot of them like go into conservatism because it makes them still feel relatively young and like they're still against the current. They feel like liberalism is the main current. But when you teach them what JT previously said, that conservatism is also the current, like it is the mainstream, you can kind of tug on on, uh, whatever rebellious Mm. soul they still have left from their youth uh, to kind of introduce them to like, no, actually, you're espousing mainstream stupid bullshit. Come over here. Let me teach you the secrets. Uh, and hopefully yeah. they're positively mm-hmm. surprised that you're not telling them there's like five people at the table that are raping kids in pizza huts, but it's a bit more complex, <laughs> but yeah. But no, that's also, that's incredibly uh, important. Um, ben, Jap- ben Shapiro set, talks his shit and then gets visited by Israeli lobbying groups to give him more money. Um, yeah. A leftist b- making videos on YouTube gets visited by militarized agents of the state. <laughs> um, so, like, <laughs> something we have experience with on this podcast. <laughs> so, uh, th- th- that's another point to, 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 to mention as well. There's this big, uh, th- you know, there's a phrase that Americans use, hubba bubba Hubbub? Something like that. Hubbub. I don't fucking... <laughs> so there's, the there's hubbub. There's hubbub, yeah. there's hubbub and hullabaloo. Okay, I don't fucking know. <laughs> the one you were going Which for one? is hubbub. <laughs> is it like things people talk oh, about? Me. What's the recent hubbub? <laughs> My man. Yeah, I don't fucking... Anyways, so the, the hubbubaloo or whatever the fuck. <laughs> all right. Um, I even lo- forgot the fucking point I was trying to make. That, that was so fucking stupid. <laughs> Oh my god! Oh yeah, yeah. They tried to make. I remember now. They tried to make this this big fucking stink about. Oh, you know. Oh, it's a fucking new uh, post neo modern uh, post modern oh, yeah. neo Marxist or running your universities. Look, um, the actual Marxists are either in prison, in hiding, or aren't speaking in fear of the two other things, yeah. right? Um, the general uh, reality is that if you're liberal and you serve capital, you can say whatever you want. And that's something also to redirect their attention to. If you serve capital, if you protect property rights, and I mean property rights for the vast majority of the ruling class, not your Mm. fucking, you know, uh, uh, home or or your car or your guitar with the the, the dragon dildo, Uh, (laughs) but actual property rights, um, these people get nothing but protection and money and time on TV and everything. Meanwhile, I don't think I've ever in my life saw a fair representation of a socialist platform on mainstream television, yeah. either be it American or at other parts of the world. Um, it's I've never seen it personally. Yeah, yeah, I'd agree. Yeah, so that's a point to to to, to emphasize. Sorry, JT, I cut you off. No, I was just agreeing with you. But um, just as one little thing to tack on here, it's I think it's super important to clarify all these terms for people whose only exposure to them is stuff like Fox News. So while we understand what socialism means, and we can use the term socialist and liberal and be able to identify that these are different things, to a conservative, a lot of times they will think that you know, liberals are socialists and socialists are just extreme liberals and things like that. And so it's important to, to show them like, look, we socialists, the liberals are our enemy too. They don't want what we want. And what they want is, we think, bad. And we share that hmm. opinion with you, dear conservative friend, you know. So it just, you know, being able to explain the differences between these terms is is a very important kind of square one to being able to have the rest of the conversation. Yeah, absolutely. Keep definitions straight. That's a very very good point. 
Uh, and, and another point I think that we can uh, touch on a bit, uh, which is, I think, equally interesting, is that, oh, um, we're all becoming, like, you know, f- fucking spineless. We're becoming, oh, what's the, what's the, you know, fucking go woke, go broke. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever fucking shit they say, right? The idea of that political correctness and, and oh, woke culture. Um, I saw, uh, what's, a, what's his name, Ben Garrison? Is that the guy that draws the asses? Ben Garrison? The, the, the... Yeah, the, the political cartoonist? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the, the guy who's obsessed with 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 drawing ass for some reason, right? He draws, <laughs> he always, he makes fucking Trump and everybody, he makes them thick as shit. But anyways, <laughs> um, there's a, a a thing where it's like, oh, waking the woke up, and it's like two, it's a couple, and they're like, you know, being startled uh, awake, shaken awake uh, by a large uh, alarm clock that has, uh, I think, reality written across it. <laughs> <laughs> and and you know how he labels everything, so like there are these yeah. arrows that are pointing at them, and one of them is like, oh, COVID isn't real, masks don't work. Uh, vaccination is poison <laughs> and it's like climate change isn't real right is th- this fucking shit um but yeah the, the idea that uh there's a certain level of political correctness and woke culture that's making that's sissifying if that's a, if that's a yeah. term in english yeah um uh people and making you basically into some sort of coward or a word that i really don't like to use but i'll use it just for the to call, basically oh everybody's becoming a pussy supposedly yeah. um uh, I personally would be uh, honored to be referred to as something that can pass a fucking human uh, watermelon <laughs> through it, but <laughs> <Yeah>. whatever. <laughs> I just I found the term always kind of strange. Um, but yeah, uh, so that's the that's that's the point. Can you do you have anything to say about this this lovely? Uh... Yeah, it's it's interesting to hear that these older people, these conservatives, believe that everyone's gone soft you know they they'll always repeat that um that trite uh, phrase uh good time you know hard times create strong men strong <laughs> men create good times good times create soft men things like that yeah, or weak men or whatever hard they dicks say. create something <laughs> yeah, exactly. whatever yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and they you know they take that as gospel and they just assume that they were the strong ones and then they created good times and now we are the weak ones and that's just how it goes uh-huh. you know it's just it's that's the way the world turns and yet, Does that mean Gen Z are the strong ones who are coming up or some shit? Yeah, but of course, there's no such thing as Gen Z. They're just millennials. Too. They're millennial 2.0 to these people. But it's, yeah, I mean, the people who are saying that most often are like, you know, 50 to 60. They're not the the World War II generation. Like, they're that was, you know, the strongest generation that America can lay claim to, I would say. The last, you know, decent uh, older generation, you know, and, and that's even that's a stretch. But to mm. lay claim to that valor, to that period of American history, when you're like squarely in the Vietnam era and you were just a, a little mm. weenie, uh, no, that's uh, it's a little sad for for a lack of a better word. It's just yeah. not accurate. And it's also additionally hypocritical because at the same time they're calling you out for being weak uh, and subordinated and uh, stepped on, and yet, uh, in a non-sexual way, uh, and yet (laughs) they're calling you to be thankful to your employer, to be happy with getting far less than what you earn for said employer. They only see softness in treating people well and better than they did when they were your age mm-hmm. and yet they don't see being a quite literal financial cuck in supporting yeah. the status quo and the system as it is so playing on an ego 
and a sort of uh, even partially toxically masculine sort of mentality of this is soft, this is not, you can very easily go ahead and say, no, man, I agree completely, but I really like how in my generation we're not fucking soft pussies anymore. And he's going to be like, mm. oh, what do you mean? He's like shocked. No, you are the soft pussy. And you're like, oh, don't you know, like 40% of Americans identify as socialists. We no longer want to be stepped on by these fucking bosses, dude. And that's yeah. obviously going to trigger yeah. him. And then, you, but you can continue the conversation and open his mind. And if he's a real alpha chad giga motherfucker, uh, he will have to eventually agree because your boss is stepping on your fucking neck. You have to remember that the conservative mind, just like the liberal mind, is a mind of contradiction, right? They have certain beliefs that are imposed on them by the, you know, the, the socioeconomic uh, well, superstructure um, that can't be reconciled with their actual material realities and, and uh, material interests for the most part. So that's why, for example, you can say something like this and this will kind of like stun them. Uh, but they might stay in their like, you know, delusion. They might stay in what, what they personally believe. Uh, to, to, to remind, this is like a slow process. You, you can't just have one conversation with these people who have held these beliefs for decades and then all of a sudden they'll you know see the light um, but it's still a very very good point that Jukovnik made something I would also like to add is that he said um, they only see soft when and then he went on um, correction they also see soft when they look down so erectile <laughs> 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 dysfunction no, joke no, 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 <laughs> when they can <laughs> see it unfunny. Uh, very often <laughs> 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 sure. exactly right yeah but yeah, um, so th- this this idea, and by the way, also the, the concept of um, uh, being a pussy, whatever that's supposed to entail, um, is fundamentally flawed because usually it's connected to ideas of uh, toxic masculinity. Yeah. Oh, I served in Vietnam and I went and I shot up a village and killed children and then came back and had horrific PTSD that the guy still can't get a full night's rest from. Um, this is not something that makes you hard or strong or whatever the fuck. I mean, he can't get hard for other reasons, but... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, that's not something that makes you, you know... Um, I, I, I think there's a lot more aspects of positive masculinity that a conservative mind can also get along with. For example, ideas of providing for your family as a man, um, which is, you know, like through labor and whatnot. That's yeah. a more conducive thing. But even then, there are limits to that because then this can be taken in a toxic direction of like, oh, you should completely break your back and ruin your mental health uh, and serve a boss endlessly um, for this idea of uh, providing for your family. So it's, again, it's, it's, a, bit, uh, it's a delicate delicate field to, to, to mm-hmm. um, uh, navigate. It is very delicate, but it is possible because you got to concentrate yeah. on the values that they perceive that are key to their personality and then play on it through there. So, for example, family is the most important thing to them and they are breaking their back all the time uh, at work and being massively exploited by their boss and they think they're hyper-masculine. You can play on all three of those and say uh, the reason your family and your back is suffering is because of the way the system is set up for certain groups of people to profit from your hard hard work. And they're not only hurting you, but they're hurting also the well-being and the financial stability of your family. So here you're playing on all three of those and you comfortably introduce it to them. And obviously, very often, I mean, I, I don't think I even have to say this or neither of us, obviously the reaction Sometimes it's going to be fuck, fuck all bad, but uh, you're doing mm. it for the one time when it uh, when it works. You gotta poke poke the yeah, bear in yeah. in tiny spots. Sometimes you get bitten. Sometimes you go fish together. You know exactly right. Yeah, beautifully said. 
Uh, I think another point, um, it's kind of, it, we touched on it a bit and I'll link to another point that I, I would like to also connect. Um, the idea that, oh, this is usually also with, with, with white, uh, older, um, uh, like white boomers usually is that, oh, the concept that the white man will be left behind. Oh, the, in, in 2050, the majority of Americans won't be white anymore. The horror, mm-hmm. um, right. And, and the idea of, you know, immigration and, 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 and uh, the fears around that. Uh, and I think again, uh, this is speaking of that disconnect, this this uh, uh, contradiction within the, the the both conservative and liberal mind. Um, the idea that an immigrant is coming to harm you is fundamentally flawed. The immigrant is also a working person, is a, uh, is a member of the working class, just like you are, and you have the same interests. Um, the people who are against you usually can be of the same color as you, um, meaning the white, biz- rich white businessmen, which vast majority of, of industry and business and finances is within white hands in the United States. Yet they're the number one uh, cause of misery for the white working class, um, and they will point to, to towards blacks or Hispanics or whatever else and be like, those are your enemies actually don't look at us um don't look at the irish conspiracy (laughs) 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 yeah but um yeah so uh the the do do you guys have anything to say about the um the concept yeah Yeah, that one's interesting because hidden within that claim that oh the white man will be left behind is a tacit admission that right now they run the show and that it's okay that the non-white people are currently subjugated Mm. because they think that when the white man is no longer the majority, he will be subjugated, and that's something to be um, afraid of. So, like, there's he, he's subconsciously aware of the fact that he's on top right now, uh, and he just doesn't want that position of power to to go away. Yeah, and, and it is delusional, and it absolutely is correct the the feelings of superiority that uh, they're afraid of feeling on their own skin by somebody with a different skin color. Ha <laughs> I'm so smart. Uh, but uh, but it's still a, a delusion because uh, th- those who do actually uh, control the economy uh, much more co-align on the basis of class and are far more class conscious than... Uh, and your fellow whites or uh, whatever other group in the country that uh, exists. It's just your like internal um, masturbation of thinking that uh, your group is the shit and everything is uh, run by your group, etc., etc. While, uh, you know, the, the guys on top, uh, they don't give a shit uh, uh, what color the, the shit on the street is because all of them are shit on the street in their eyes irrelevant uh, cogs in the machine. Now, if it's the cogs going to be white or brown, fuck, they don't give a fuck. Exactly right. I think this ties also very nicely to a point that that, uh, I I touched on earlier, which is the idea of patriotism, right? The idea that... um, the, the uh, socialist or the Marxist is not patriotic. Oh, you want to fucking, you know, uh, have a, co- the, the, what was a women in common ownership. Or we're all going to sleep on one large blanket and, you know, uh, <laughs> fucking Jose and, and uh, Tariq are going to be making love. You're going to be forced to watch Jose and Tariq make love for two hours every day. It's part, it's part of your education. <laughs> the joke being that it's going to be Hispanic and, and African-American. I lo- you know, because it's, it's an Arabic name, Tarek, but uh, I love the way that Americans say it, Tariq. Uh, mm. Same with my name. I, I, apparently, I mean, my name, my pseudonym, whatever the fuck. Um, apparently, it is also another name that's common amongst the African-American community, Hakim. Um, mm. But they say it differently. I don't know. Uh, ha- Hakim? I don't know how they would say it. Uh, <laughs> but anyways, uh, um, I mean, like uh, in English, because I, I, it's Hakim to me. JT, you say, you say it. 
Yeah, I'd say Hakim. <laughs> Hakim, there you go. Yeah, so, so just like the, just the soft H. All right. Um, but yeah, so very, very, very neat. There are a bunch of other names, right? Jamal. Yeah, I mean, Jamal, like from Beauty. That's another Arabic name. Very beautiful names. Um, but anyways, uh, my point being, uh, you're going to have to, when you're re- being re-educated, you're going to have to watch two members of uh, differing uh, um, uh, ethnic backgrounds uh, of the same gender, mind you, make love in front of you for two hours minimum every day. Uh, that, that, that'll be part. And that, <laughs> make sure to get this across. Make this, make sure you get this across to the boomer. Um, that'll definitely get the... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Pulling back a bit. My point being is that the idea that the socialist is 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 uh, non-patriotic because he wants X, Y, and Z um, is completely mistaken because it is the, the, the socialist or communist Marxist, whatever you want to say. We are the people that want everybody to be educated. We want everybody to be housed and employed in dignified existence, both in employment and in social situation. We don't want anybody to be forced to stay in a relationship that may be abusive or harmful to them just because out of economic necessity. We don't want anybody to wallow in misery of, of uh, basically lack of education or, or illiteracy which, by the way, is of a certain notable percentage in the United States. Um, I think, what was it, something like 60% of Americans can't read to the to a fifth grade level? Yeah, it's, um, it's and, shocking. And, yeah, right? It, it, I, it's, so it's almost, it's difficult to believe even. Um, I don't want any American to be evicted out on the street, for example, like if I were American myself. Um, even as a non-American, as a worker, I don't want this for American regular American people, right? Um, you don't want them to 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 be uh, forced into homelessness or to be abused in their job by a fucking cunt of a boss. Um, to have absolutely no say over their economic uh, possibilities in life. To have absolutely no say in where they spend the majority of their waking day in their workplace, etc., etc. We want people to have agency over their life, and that. I, in my opinion, is more patriotic than the the capitalist who would mm-hmm. sooner um, send uh, your own people to go in an unnecessary wars to die for profits, um, who would evict people, who would fire people just, again, for profits, who would make sure to limit of all senses of, of, of rights um, on people, again, to maintain profits uh, profit or to, to maintain this fight in society, this ideological warfare between, oh, conservative and liberal. Um, and, of course, most importantly, the very fact that these oh-so-patriotic um, uh, bosses or, or capitalists, they will uh, move all these uh, American jobs, for example, overseas, uh, depriving the local communities of what uh, brought you know economic life to them, uh, again, all for the sake of, of profits. Uh, this is a fundamental, uh, I think, miscalculation on the part of, of a conservative mind, and you need to actually just carefully realign that perspective to show them that no the only truly patriotic people the only people who actually care about the nation and its people are socialists and marxists uh capitalists have never historically as well as today gave a shit i 100 percent agree i mean i got i I mentioned this on a, a previous episode that a guy emailed me just you know blasting socialists like oh you guys are you're never patriotic why do you if you hate your country so much why don't you just leave and it's like okay we've heard this all dozens of times it's just it's everything you said it's like these people their vision of patriotism is just you know blindly saluting the flag and saying everything is great and that is not patriotism that's not caring about the people around you what patriotism is and not to get into the whole patriotic socialist thing is you know like all these things you said is caring about your neighbors is wanting the best for everybody is acknowledging the problems we see in our society and working Mm. to fix them that is truly Mm. trying to make things better and that should be considered patriotism to me yeah Looking at a homeless American or other anybody anybody of any nation, and first thinking, "Hey, uh, this shouldn't exist, and they shouldn't have to stand in line at a food pantry or whatever to be able to feed themselves." 
rather than thinking, oh, yeah, they should have just worked harder and pulled themselves up by their yeah. bootsteps. I bet they're a drug addict. Um, <laughs> one of them is the more patriotic idea because out of love for one's nation and one's people. Um, and that's also a difference between the attitudes towards nationalism within a socialist perspective. It's always um, – it's inclusive, number one. So it's not tied to some – like skin color or whatever uh, or ethnic background. Uh, it's inclusive, number one. And number two, it's uh, productive and uh, – What's the term in English when you like it's it, it builds up people? It's not meant to tear you down, be like, oh, he's a filthy dr- drug addict, a fucking drunk, he doesn't constructive? deserve to, you know, yeah, constructive. That's the term, thank you. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a constructive uh approach, it's not the uh, one in which you just kind of try to tear people down and and uh, be like, oh, they don't fucking deserve, they didn't work hard enough. Um, so yeah, but that's a so the the topic of, of socialism and nationalism, we've spoken about it at other instances. Um, another point I think that's also uh, can be related to 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 uh, again more of the superstructure aspect of of, of uh, our socioeconomic system that we live in uh, is the attitude towards religion. The idea that ooh commies are you know godless fucking godless commies coming to take your Bibles mm-hmm. and fucking yeah. Uh, we made an episode on on uh, called former elves of socialism where we discuss in in at length the mistakes of former socialisms in their attitude towards religion. And we're not trying to deny that uh, there wasn't. Uh, anti-religious oppression um, in uh, many former socialist countries uh, but we live in the 21st century where we're trying and use where we're trying new things um, and this was these were mistakes that we've definitely learned from learned from as a community and this is something I've noticed uh, in my time as a Marxist I've been a Marxist almost 10 years now uh, I guess oh actually I'm getting very close to that 10 so years you started being um, a Marxist when you were five that's fucking impressive man. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly right. I was a Marxist in the womb. Um, my heart lays to the left, and my my blood is red. Um, that's a Guevara quote. Uh, what we're trying to get uh, across is that this is definitely something we learned from. This is something that will we'll change in the future. And my personal experience being a Marxist over several years is that the attitude has definitely changed. When I first became a Marxist, it was still kind of that you know very gung ho anti religious nonsense. But nowadays, it's definitely changed. It's shifted. I'm seeing not only a lot more religious socialists or Marxists, but I'm seeing also a lot more. Uh, uh, a religious uh, Marxist that have a much better attitude so, yeah. towards religion. Um, in this podcast itself, we have several people who are uh, religious. Um, so it's not. It, this is not something that should be um, a negative point against socialism. Number one and number two, actual practice of religion is almost entirely restricted under capitalism. What do I mean by this? Um, the concept, for example, in, in the Abrahamic religions, uh, both Judaism, uh, like Judaism, Christianity, and Islam, um, amongst other many other religions as well, usury, uh, the concept of, of basically interest, uh, is uh, highly, highly... Um, uh, these religions are highly against it. Um, it's considered a grave sin to participate in 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 uh, in, in yeah, an it's the core Kiva, of capitalism. Interest. Yeah. Exactly right. Um, to the point that in Judaism and in Christianity and Islam, all of them have very strict rules against it, yet it is almost exclusively the functioning of most countries that claim to be religious. They function on, on interest. So that's one big thing. Another big thing is, of course, as capitalism progresses, there's these atomization of individuals and families, further breaking down uh, kinship uh, and, and uh, family structures, which are incredibly important to, rel- to religious uh, life. Another aspect, for example, is the constant pursuit of profit, so basically, uh, not only are very uh, holy and like uh, um, uh, dates uh, turned into basically like buying frenzies and are just completely uh, commodified and corporatized into this thing that, oh, you know, um, Christmas, which is supposed to, at least for Christians, is supposed to celebrate um, 
Jesus Christ and his life uh, and the nativity and everything is supposed to be a religious time is instead turned into, oh, some fucking bearded white guy. Not the one you want, not Marx. Some other weirdo bearded white guy. <laughs> he's coming down your chin and he's going to touch your kids and eat your fucking milk and, and give you gifts or whatever the fuck, right? And you should go out and uh, spend as much money as possible. And, uh, you know, like even sometimes, uh, like Ramadan, you kind of see this a little bit, a little bit, not very much. We, we still hold the um, uh, holiday to be incredibly sacred. But you see some of it in advertising and shit like that and at least such a bad taste in the fucking mouth my point being is that now these are just several examples another example is for example uh, prayers whether you're in Judaism or Islam and of course even in Christianity um, in, in Judaism and Islam they're more uh, rigid like there's time frames for when you pray um, but in Christianity depending on what, what uh, form of Christianity you follow it's either rigid as well or not but under capitalism you have to work, you know, the, your eight hours and you're not allowed to break for, for, to, 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 uh, if you have a, a small, you know, five minute break to, to carry out your religious, um, uh, duties, then, oh, that's five minutes of productivity gone. That could, you know, in, in over 14 quarters can result in a 20 cent reduction <laughs> in fucking profits. So, so there, yeah. So, uh, these things are also limited. Um, I could go on and on, but actual religious, uh, practice and sincerity is heavily limited under capitalism, much more than it would be under a conscious and positive socialist experience and don't get me um, don't, don't get me started on the insane bastardization of religion specifically this is a very u.s centric thing where yeah. it yeah. was it was literally turned into a money laundering machine where there's thousands oh, of yeah. just completely made up fucking religions okay now an atheist just smirked and led like haha they're all made <laughs> up but you get my point completely made up in order to launder money through like 50 different channels uh, where you have motherfuckers believing in uh, space aliens it came and fucked a rock and then the monkey came out of the rock and that's how we were created uh, which which should disgust to such an extraordinary mm. extent anybody who considers himself uh, religious from any religious group in general uh, and that is only literally possible uh, through uh, market incentives which have made absolutely nothing holy anymore to the extent mm. yeah. in which somebody sat down and unironically said I will found a church so that I can make some extra cash from it. And everybody's doing it. I don't know if you know that the Kardashians have their own church that their mother uh, founded, what? and it, they launder money through it. All their money goes into the church, and then they uh, don't pay any fucking tax. Like, it's that, like, spread, and it is so against any sort of decorum or decency that any self-respecting conservative should should value and again it can that can only happen in capitalism literally so there's something also that this reminded me of um in um that Marx, it's a Marx quote, uh, and I, f I remember correctly, is in Capital, um, in which he says, accumulate, accumulate, that is Moses and the prophets, which is funny enough, because it, it's like, it's a play on the Old Testament, in which there's like God's decree, which in this case becomes mm -hmm. capitalism's decree to accumulate, um, and that is Moses and the prophets, what they had taught. So the, the idea, again, uh, is he's satirizing this fact that capitalism uh, almost become, becomes religion. In, yeah. in, in capitalist society instead of, um, well, actual religious practice. So that's another uh, disservice. Um, and again, this is something that you can discuss with a conservative mind, but again, you have to use some tact with it. Um, but yeah. amazing points from, from you guys, definitely. I think uh, the, the, the last, I guess, point that we can touch on, which is a little bit more interesting, is the idea of maintenance of tradition um, because the nuance here gets deeper um, because 
all right, you hear conservatives and they think, oh, well, you know, like, oh, I want to maintain tradition, the traditions of, you know, my 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 country and my people and this and that and that. Um, but what's interesting is, first of all, what is tradition? Tradition is um, a, a long-drawn practice of a particular group of people uh, for various reasons. They're, they arose as a result of certain material conditions or certain practices and now have just become uh, recreational almost, even though the, the necessity for them uh, have ceased to exist, um, to an extent at least. The idea that um, socialism doesn't uh, maintain tradition or that capitalism, in, uh, the, on the other hand, maintains tradition is fundamentally flawed in the same way that the religious point is fundamentally flawed. First of all, not all traditions are good, of course. There are certain traditions that are very bad, certain traditions that are against, I don't know, women or the children, the rights of children, or even against men, uh, certain toxic masculine traditions. Um, we have to always analyze these traditions and see if it is something that's beneficial to society or at least doesn't harm society, then they're okay. But if there's something that's uh, cons consistently uh, harming people's ability um, to, uh, to, to, to well, feel even good about themselves, um, then it's something that should be at least analyzed to an extent. Um, and going a bit further as well, differing traditions have different class origins, right? The traditions of the working classes are usually the ones that are become adopted all whole, uh, like you know, uh, across a society. But on some rare occasions, there are certain traditions that were practiced only by the smallest group of the ruling class that then trickle down and have absolutely no uh, basis in the practices of, of uh, people's you know forebears. Um, so there's also a class analysis aspect that can be done, and this is too general of a point to give anything detailed on because. Well, every different area in the world has different traditions, and we'd have to look at individual ones and all that kind of stuff. It's too much to go into in this episode. Um, but the, my point being is the idea that there is preservation of these under capitalism is fundamentally flawed. Think about any country, the, for the people who are listening to this, any country that you guys are from. Think about what life was like 100 years ago and what life is like now and what traditions existed, especially if you came from semi-feudal or more agrarian societies. The insane change that capitalism has brought about has almost entirely annihilated several different strands of tradition within society. Entire um, uh, strands of industry, for example, like artisanal labor and stuff like that. Um, of course, like there's one point, like, you know, the, the economist point, uh, uh, which is, oh, you know, like uh, artisanal labor, superfluous, blah, blah, blah. But also on the other point, there's a certain uh, charm on maintaining uh, artisanal production for its beauty and its technique and whatnot. And this stuff under capitalism is either bastardized by being completely uh, mechanized into for, for purposes of, of uh, overproduction or are completely eliminated because profit can't be extracted out of them. Um, and not only this, but also you get uh, different strands of, for example, cultural imperialism, which are motivated by capitalism. I know I'm a bit rambling on this one, but there's so much to talk about. That's why. Um, and the primary example of cultural imperialism being American imperialism uh, forcing itself, American cultural imperialism forcing itself uh, on many, for example, Western countries, um, at least from people that I know from like Belgium and Sweden and, and uh, France and the UK and Spain and places like that. Um, a lot of their culture and, and, and the pop culture, at least, is heavily, heavily influenced by American music, American at this point, not shows, even influence. Uh, at this point, we live in a monoculture, and it's the American yeah. culture. That anything that even resembles 
an alternative to that which questions American monoculture is uh, removed for the, from the equation very quickly, either by uh, liberals calling it backwards for one reason or another, or, as you said, uh, because it can't make uh, money. It's much easier for a Friday morning tradition to be passing through McDonald's than to actually sit down, hold hands, do a prayer, and uh, you know have a well-cooked meal, even like tiny things like this. One would not maybe even call it tradition, but you get my point. And that's also very interesting. In the one country that is quintessentially um, uh, characterized by capitalism, the United States, there are so many quote-unquote cultural traditions that are so linked to basically consumption, this idea yes. of, 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 of uh, yeah, like of, of capitalism, exactly as Yukopnik said. And I thought that maybe, uh, JT, you can give us a, an example or two maybe uh, of these. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> well, I was sitting here thinking about it, like what can I come up with? That is a genuine American tradition that is not about consumption. And I'm trying to come up with something, and I'm like, okay, what's the American stereotype? We have we have baseball, we have apple pie, we have the Macy's Day Parade. I mean, that's that's like that's all I can think of because um, we've got you know tradition traditions would be like holidays, like Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving has become you know you have to buy an enormous turkey and all this stuff. That one would probably be the closest I can think of to a an American tradition mm-hmm. that's not just about consumption because there's no gift giving or anything. It's usually a family get together, yeah, stuff you like get that. Get together, yeah. 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 Uh, and but, isn't it also the earliest tradition that's held by America? It was the first right. one that characterized the nation. Yeah, exactly. exactly. All the subsequent ones. <laughs> yeah, all the rest are like uh, Christmas, <laughs> giving gifts, uh, buying stuff, uh, Mother's Day, buying stuff, Father's Day, buying stuff. Easter has become about buying candy now. Uh, Halloween, candy. It's all, yeah, everything is about, you know, what you can buy. And that's very tar- That's extremely targeted. And that was intentionally created by advertising departments of uh, large conglomerates. Uh, even the tiny uh, sort of uh, moment that everybody, most people at least in the West, uh, identify with their mornings before school, uh, eating cereal with milk as the most important meal of the day, quote-unquote, was literally a marketing campaign created by a cereal company that that's what you should start your day off with and that breakfast is the most important thing, uh, most important uh, meal course of the day. It's it's It wasn't something that all Americans are necessarily uh, inferior and don't have a rich culture, etc., etc. Actually, I really fi- find the beauty <laughs> of... Uh, uh, so many cultures b- being in the United States and then creating something relatively unique. Unfortunately, sometimes that's Alfredo pasta, which you guys should be all shot for. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but, uh, but you get my point. It was intentionally done by corporations, which as the market shrinks, need to find, uh, sorry, as the profit margins shrink, need to find more avenues of profit. And same with uh, creating new religions, uh, which we previously mentioned. They also didn't see uh, the sanctity of even the greatest of holidays and tried to uh, rebrand them as yet another reason to buy their specific product. And and if that's not, uh, uh, if there's nothing that can put a stop on that, which 
to that, which is basically only socialism, to be perfectly honest, uh, it's going to spread into absolutely every facet of your life. And it kind of, at this point, has. I mean, uh, what greater, more conservative values there than taking care of your family? Well, today, taking care of your family is 100% equalized with how much you can spend on your kid, what sneakers your kid wears, what fucking uh, glasses, how nice his backpack is when he goes to school. Can you afford to buy him a car at 11 or whenever you guys get a fucking license? <laughs> uh, so, so it's it's uh, not even that much about, uh, you know, being a good listener, being able to support their dreams, being there for them, et cetera, et cetera. But buying them shit so they can compare it over at school with what shit other parents have bought them. And even, even that sort of sanctity has been completely fucking pissed on because there is no sanctity for the dollar. Uh, Hakim did a very good quote of Marx. There was another one uh, by actually Zizek quoting Marx, but now I'm going to spin Zizek's thing. Uh, he said, uh, Marx <laughs> said that religion was the opiate of the masses, but today opiates are the op opiates of the masses. <laughs> I would even add today uh, consumerism is the opiate of the masses, which Marx, I don't think, innately would necessarily have anything against consumerism as like people buying shit, uh, but he absolutely would have against people buying shit replacing absolutely every different uh, avenue of self-expression and fucking existing as a goddamn human being, you know? And I, a, an interesting point you mentioned about the marketing aspect of this. Uh, I, correct me if I'm wrong, but if I remember, uh, wasn't it Coca-Cola that made the, uh, the, like the concept of... of um... Santa Claus, it's, like the, the uh, guy who's more recognized by kids than than Jesus, right? <laughs> was, yeah, it's it? debatable. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I remember I heard something like that. Ah, people will correct me, but uh, that's definitely interesting. Yes, and of course, the, the important point, of course, is that uh, socialism, on the other hand, has been far better at maintaining tradition uh, historically as well as today than capitalism ever has. Um, and there's such extensive amounts of, of uh, reading that you can do on this. I am too tired to go too deep, too deeply into this. But one simple aspect of this, for example, to, to compare with the Soviet Union was cloth. Um, now you look at cloth, what the fuck? Um, for many regions of the world, particularly like Central Asia, for example, uh, almost village by village, they had different aspects of uh, the way that they would uh, decorate their cloth, either be it on, on towels or clothes or carpets or whatever else. And uh, the Soviet Union had taken great uh, lengths into maintaining these cultural traditions um, even to the point that you can see certain Soviet maps where they have like different areas covered by the uh, like um, uh, overlaid with the different types of cloth that they would make um, this also extends into clothing national clothing and dance and stuff like that very very interesting aspect many books written on it um, but yeah, yeah I just I mean, want I mean, socialism doesn't need to turn everything into a profit-making thing, so it won't fuck with your your traditions literally it has no need to it, it doesn't care Unless, obviously, it's insane traditions that tell you you're superior to somebody else. Well, then fuck that specific tradition of yours. Yeah. You know, respectfully. Not, actually, no. This very disrespectfully. <laughs> Go fuck yourself. <laughs> but yeah, exactly. And of course, against around every tradition, there's nuance to be uh, spoken of. Even if there's some problematic aspect of one tradition, then it can be uh, morphed into something that can maintain the tradition while uh, taking out that aspect of it that could be harmful, etc., etc. There's uh, the discussion goes very deep. But my point being is that tradition and maintenance of tradition goes better under socialism than under capitalism. Capitalism does main tradition. In fact, it does the exact opposite. It destroys it in hopes for replacing it with consumerism and turning you into a consumer. Consumer, <laughs> consumer, consumer. consumer. <laughs> I mean, at this point, we have boomers. It even turned like jizzing into a into 
consumerism. Like we we have we have to consume porn again, consume a product so an ad can run before it so that you can fucking come. I mean, like it's <laughs> you're coming into consuming a product. It's it's incredible. Like if I didn't hate the system so much, I would be impressed by it. Can't wait until they put chips in our brains and then they go like, hey, yeah, you wanna <laughs> watch this thirty minute ad? For- <laughs> oh God. Okay, one last thing before we go, and this is maybe kind of more specific to the U.S. because we've got such a a weird gun culture. Um, One thing I've had success with when talking to conservatives is bringing up the fact that the commies like guns too. Like, they're fun. You know, we're not liberals who are saying, oh, they're these awful, evil death weapons and they're, you know, you can't enjoy them or or, or touch them or they'll kill your family. It's like, no, that's, that's a little ridiculous. I mean, Marx himself said that under no pretext should arms and ammunition be surrendered. Any attempts to disarm the people must be stopped by force if necessary. Funnily enough, a few years ago, this quote was making the rounds on conservative Facebook, and uh, they misattributed it to Reagan. So ah! if you agreed with it <laughs> when you thought the Reagan had said it, That's then so you good. agree with Marx on at least one thing. So, you know, odds are if you just took a little bit of time to learn what socialism is actually about, you would agree with a whole lot more than just that. So just, you know, keep in mind when you're talking to these people, bring up the fact that left-wing figures have always believed that it's important to own and know how to use guns to defend against a corrupt and violent state and other antagonistic armed groups. Um, yeah. And that's, that will generally resonate uh, with them. Beautifully said. Perfectly very, put. very true. I just want to. I just want to shake the hand of that fucking insane Chad that took the Marx quote and put it probably in a picture next to fucking Reagan. That would be so funny. We should do that to the British. Uh, just instead, put like Thatcher or something. It would be so funny. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of, speaking of Thatcher, of course, it is so your socialist duty to not only arm yourself but also to to pee on a grave at any chance you get. It is a gender gender neutral. Yeah, I, I always wanted to go so, to uh, England so that I can visit uh, two graves. To bow in front of Same. one, Marx, and to take a shit yeah. in front of another. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly right. I was get... <laughs> Exactly right. Now, like the, what we talked about previously, the psychotropic thing that makes you shit when you're close to home. Oh, like probably like go so hard when I when I see her grave. Like I I would not uh. be able to stop myself. It would just like liquid diarrhea fucking everywhere. Something has to show is like, oh, uh, the, all the, uh, what's it called, um, uh, news outlets of uh, the UK were like, oh, the loss of the Iron Woman, oh, yeah. what will Britain do without her? And then l- British people were actually celebrating in the streets going like, ooh, ha, the, the witch is dead or whatever the fuck. Yeah. They're popping champagne. Like, it shows the massive disconnect. Oh, you think you have a free press? Your entire population is celebrating the death of a former prime minister and your media is like, oh, but she was so miss, she was so great, we're all going to love her. Fuck yeah. <laughs> With that said, <laughs> this was, I think, a very preliminary look into how you can go about uh, deprogramming your boomer relatives. Um, of course, like we said, this requires tact. You need to be, uh, you know, careful with the way you Hello, say Hakeem things. Hakim says and this always with... at the end as like this perfect excuse for uh, if anybody comments and is like, "Oh, you missed this," or "Oh, you missed that," we just point <laughs> them at that last part that Hakim says. You know that this is more complex than this, Tavares, and it's just a perfect getaway card. And fucking keep this in the episode. I want whoever has yeah. made it all the way to the end of this fucking episode to uh, should should get an insight into how our uh, our uh, uh, our messes run. Hustler brains work. 
<laughs> but you know the thing is, like you're right. But we could go, we could talk for another three hours, but nobody's oh, yeah. gonna listen Literally. to fucking five hours of us. <laughs> so yeah, but like I said, you go about it with tact, with a bit of like you know um, sensitivity. They'll Compassion call you a snowflake, too. but yeah, but they're the snowflakes. So if you're a bit too harsh, then they're definitely gonna pull back, right? It's like a it's like a a, a cat, an unfamiliar cat in your neighborhood. You can't be too aggressive about petting it. You have to you know go step by step, tetrigian as we say in Arabic. Um, <laughs> with that said though um, thank you to everybody who supports us we wouldn't be able to do this at all without uh, the support of our lovely patrons um, to remind you we don't take sponsors we're not fucking oh dollar shave club shave your balls and fucking get ten dollars we don't do this shit right um, and the reason is because we want we don't want to have anybody controlling what we have to say um, and uh, as a result of course we all uh, have day jobs and this shit takes time so we're very very thankful to our patron supporters uh, yeah, that, that's about it. We love you guys. Um, join the Discord. There's a subreddit, of course. I'd never fucking remember to, to say this. There's apparently a subreddit that has some banger memes every once in a while, but there's like only 500 people yes, on it. Yes, it's r slash so... <laughs> the program or the program or something, and it looks cool. So let's make it into a bigger community and hang out there and shit. Yeah. Join it, make stuff, make memes, and then we'll like play around with it and, and, and have fun. Um, we lurk so, all the uh, time. Yeah, Not only on yeah, Reddit, see... I lurk in your closet. Yes, you, Michael. Michael, listening to this. Michael, I am in your closet every morning. I see what you do with all the socks. Actually, I smell them. Okay, oh God, Michael? Enough, enough. Oh, I would enough. love a Michael right now. He's in his bed before sleeping, listening to this. He fucking shit, fucking bricks. Fucking, fucking RAS activation. He's like, what the fuck? He gets, he, he fucking gets awake from that shit. I'm First sorry, podcast to ever like lead to a heart attack. <laughs> hey, hey, you Gopnik might be in your closet, but I'm in your walls. Oh, no. <laughs> and oh, JP's man. in your mum. I'm at a respectful oh, distance. <laughs> in your, in, in, in their mum. <laughs> oh, man. But yeah. Oh. Anyways, thank you everybody for watching. Uh, this has been the D program. I'm Hakeem. I'm JT. And I'm Ugopnix. Protect your mums from JT. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> he's, not, he's nothing in your mom, sorry. Oh, I'm she sorry. Likes this is too. immediate fucking reaction. <laughs> 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 <laughs>